30 years ago, an anomaly occurred that led to the creation of Area X, a region of seemingly pristine wilderness that has had disturbing effects on all who have ventured inside its border since. The 12th expedition, consisting of a biologist, an anthropologist, a surveyor, and a psychologist, the de facto leader, crosses into Area X with limited information, deprived of even each other's names. Once there, the biologist, our narrator, is exposed to spores released by a mysterious fungal writing discovered on the walls of a spiral staircase into the earth, which the biologist dubs the tower. This exposure frees the biologist from the power of the psychologist, who uses hypnotic suggestion to control the expedition members, as well as giving her other symptoms, which she collectively refers to as the brightening within her. The next day, the violent death of the anthropologist, seemingly a result of obedience to the psychologist, results in a fracturing of the expedition. The biologist searches for the now missing psychologist in a nearby lighthouse, where she discovers a mountain of logbooks from expeditions past, far more than the expedition members had known about. The biologist finds the dying psychologist at the foot of the lighthouse. The psychologist informs the biologist that Area X is expanding slowly and accuses her of changing while in Area X. The biologist returns to base camp where she is ambushed by a now paranoid surveyor who she is able to overcome and kill. The biologist takes stock of what little she knows and returns to the tower, where she encounters its mysterious inhabitant and barely escapes with her life. The book ends with the biologist telling the reader that she will not return home, but instead intends to remain in Area X, seeking answers to her many questions. Hello and welcome to Sci-Fi Sidebar. I'm your co-host, Cece. And I'm Peter, your other co-host. Today we're talking about Annihilation, the first book in the Southern Reach trilogy. But first, I want to apologize for the delay in the release of our last episode, the uh, Jurassic Park Part 2. We recorded with plenty of time to spare, but then I went on vacation and forgot to upload my audio file for Peter to do the editing. She did a bad job. I did a very bad job, so I'm really sorry about that. Um, Hopefully from now on we'll be good to go and I'll have learned my lesson. Although, to be clear, I had texted her saying, hey, did you upload your uh, audio file? And she immediately called me a little concerned because she was in the car going to Niagara Falls and <laughs> did not my have her laptop. I had thought about bringing my laptop and I was like, nah, I'm going to be in the moment on this vacation. And it was a bad idea. Well, it was <laughs> only your second laptop. vacation with your hubby. It was only my second vacation with him. So, you know. Um, anyway, all that aside, Annihilation. Peter, what'd you think of this book? Scary as shit. It was really scary. Uh, it sort of has... It, it's only got a few moments that are like really truly scary, but they're scary enough, and the sort of language of the book is scary enough that like this tension is just carried throughout. Like The whole time you're reading it, you're kind of stressed out. Yeah, at no point is there any sort of like comic relief or even like... That's oh, very this true. Was, this was a lighthearted moment to take away from the tension from like the scary encounters with the crawler or something. <laughs> yeah. Like the whole time it was like kind of tense and then, oh shit, crawler. Yeah. Oh my God. So creepy. And Peter and I, I we don't really read a lot of thrillers. <laughs> the closest <laughs> thing I've come to a thriller was like Sphere. Sphere is kind of a thriller. Sphere's a little bit like this, and they're both freaky in the way that I find the scariest. I think this is Jungle Sphere. I really do. Yeah. 
Except so, it doesn't give you answers. Fear gives you answers. Exactly. Fear at least gives you answers. Well, this one is a trilogy. So to be fair, like maybe at the end of the trilogy, there are answers. <laughs> Eventually. We just have to get but another I, two I books. do get the feeling that there aren't going to be. I get the feeling that this is never going to be properly explained. Yes. Yes. People, listeners who have listened uh, all th- or read all three books might laugh at us. But I agree. I feel like this is a series that relies on sort of the unknown. Well, it doesn't rely on it, but that's a very big part of it. We're never really going to know everything about Area X. We'll just maybe have a sort of pseudo-explanation. Right, and right. maybe some sort of a resol- resolution, but I don't know. I wouldn't count on it. <laughs> but also, like, the thing, like, you know, I feel like the reason Sphere became, like, is not as freaky to me when I look back on it is because it had that resolution, and I know, like, I know the background and the information about Sphere, right? Yeah. But, like... I don't know. The more information I got in this book, the scarier it got. Like when she talked about like the face inside the crawler. I know. Not not exactly a calming image. <laughs> Didn't give me the relief of being like, okay, I understand what's going on now. Just made cool, me cool. more confused. Cool, cool. It's the dude from the lighthouse. Awesome. <laughs> but I think that's the point, is that you're supposed to sort of feel as like freaked out and intrigued, but like also terrified as members of the expedition would be. Did a good job did a very good job of that because i do want to keep reading you know i do want the answers and like obviously i'm going to fin- finish the trilogy because i want the answers but like there's still that sort of pervasive terror that comes with it yeah um, that's true and as i was like getting to the end of this book peter the question occurred to me is this even sci-fi yes hopefully well i mean like i think it's pretty obvious <laughs> that something's going on with area x but it's so mystical that it doesn't really feel like sci-fi by the end. I don't end. know, unless it ends up being aliens. Yeah, and it might be. There's sort of allusion to that in the beginning of Authority, the next book. But not nothing clear, you know, nothing decisive, as is Jeff Vandermeer's way, it seems. Right, and also, <laughs> but like, biology is also included in sci-fi. So it could be like an experiment gone wrong, it could be... That's very true. Uh, it could be a number of things. That's very true. But it's like... It's sort of that kind of scientific anomaly that is so strange and so foreign that it seems more like magic than like science. Oh yeah, I I guess I see that. I think what'll probably end up happening is it'll end up being like, it'll be, you know, a forgotten species on Earth that some sort of like other species that develop technology that like is just alien to us that's like biological in nature or rather it's, I, I think this is probably technology at work and it's just technology that's like gone on a different path than what humans do yeah i mean biotechnology type of a thing i guess yeah exactly and you know in some ways we're trying to work on that but like it's definitely not like you know our technology isn't based on that our technology is in the end is based on like electricity wires machines yeah what if all those are biological in nature instead of mechanical that's a good point i mean i think it the odds of it being a sort of extraterrestrial origin seem pretty high to me, but it's interesting because it also seems like it's the Earth fighting back against humans, in a way. Almost like a Gaia thing? Yeah, kind of like a Gaia thing. Which is funny because I've been playing Horizon Zero Dawn and that's kind of a Gaia thing also. <laughs> um, I mean, like, the humans like go back to being in harmony with nature, but there's still all these machines, but they're like considered evil then. In this future the culture. Hell? 
Yeah, it's interesting. You should play it. But that's beside the point. <laughs> it's just, I Here at Sci-Fi Sidebar, we'll full service, we also recommend games. We do. It's a good game. Um, plus, it's old news now, so it's cheaper. <laughs> uh, Perfect. But yeah, no, it's got that sort, same sort of feel to it where it's like the Earth was sort of overwhelmed by the machines and there was like some sort of fighting back type of a thing. Yeah. Unclear, I mean, I'm not very far into the game, so if I'm also getting that very wrong, don't tell me. <laughs> don't tell me. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. No spoilies. Yes. So, I mean, like, it could be a Gaia thing. I don't know. That could also still end up being, like, sci-fi, though. Like, I, I just, I think that I could see several ways it's going to end up being sci-fi. So. And I think it is, ultimately, if for no other reason than because the biologist is applying a scientific lens to everything that goes on. Although, so, like, even, even when she gets really wonky, she's still, like, analyzing samples and, like, looking at them under the microscope and... You know what I mean? She still has yeah. the scientific method going, which I think is interesting. It's probably going to be definitely one of the less science-y books we go over in our science fiction, but, like... Definitely. It's it's definitely got its own uh, qualities that it kind of it may, it puts it well within that range. Yeah. I think so. So one thing this book really explores is, I guess, how the government or military operations handle scientific anomalies and sort of the (laughs) historical lack of ethical behavior (laughs) when those entities get their hands on it. The deal with that, I feel like, is... I feel like this book's a little bit unfair to them. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I, I I think there would be a little more, at least to the expeditions that are going in, because obviously you look at the expeditions that are, you know, have gone in, like when you're looking at Expedition 12, they look back and see, you know, maybe hundreds of expeditions before them, not 11. You know, like when they find a pile of journals. Right. So I feel like in that case, they would probably be a little more, you know, a little more... Uh, clarity to the teams that are going in because you know like at that point they would be trying to prepare them as best as possible for their mission they wouldn't be trying to you know just trying to basically send them to the meat grinder that's not the goal yes. I could I could see them being that vague and unclear with like the general populace absolutely for sure but not necessarily with the teams they're trying to send in to like do the mission that just doesn't seem that just doesn't seem all that accurate to me it also isn't very clear like why they're obscuring information from their expedition members exactly it's like vaguely talked about how they're trying to like not they talked about in the idea of the scientific method again how they don't want to bias any of the new expedition members so they don't tell them anything about the previous expeditions they kind of keep them insular right and i i get that i do i'm just not sure how much of an effect it's having on it it doesn't seem to be helping. Their ignorance doesn't seem to help. And well, it definitely doesn't help them prepare. The biologist talks about how they like give the impression that they're telling them stuff, but it's really just sort of information meant to obscure further. Right. But because the whole book is from the perspective of the biologist, we never learn why the Southern Reach is so interested in keeping them in the dark. Like, There's got to be a reason, right? They're not trying to screw over their expedition members I think but I just can't think of why they would do it this way 
Yeah, no, definitely not. It doesn't make any sense. Like, if I was the director of something and like I was sending teams into an area which is basically eaten the rest of them, yeah, I would, basically. I would want to give every team the biggest advantage possible. Yeah, I think so. Hell, even returning apparently would just be an accomplishment. Yeah, returning with yourself in mind because, <clears throat> you know, obviously. Historically, expedition members have returned and just not been themselves and then died shortly thereafter, like the biologist's husband in Expedition 12. Well, no, didn't they mention the biologist's husband writing in his journal that he saw, like, a copy of himself and, like, several others going into the tower? Yeah, which is what's weird. So, it's sort of implied that the biologist's husband never did return home, that he's still in Area X and, you know, possibly met his doom there. That didn't seem to have any, like, effect on the husband doppelganger going home you know what i mean like the doppelganger came to exist before the husband even died and we don't even know that he's dead so here's my theory the tower has a way out agreed and the clones or whatever you want to call them the symbiotes were created by whatever organism because i think it's pretty clear that like it's one network organism that's kind of doing the whole area x thing Oh, you think all of Area X is, like, sort of part of one giant organism? I think there's too many similarities to ignore that. Interesting. Like, between, like, the crawler and the tower, and also, like, the fact that, um, the things that seem infected have, like, there's talk about how, like, they have, like, sources of, they have, like, remnants of human cells. Yeah, so creepy. But, like, I think it's because that whatever the organism is overwhelmed them and created that. So maybe it's not like networked, but I think it's all coming from one organism. Whether like it corrupted the human cells and created these beasts or whatever it was, but I think like the the reason will all come back to one organism. Interesting. Or is it an alien ecosystem situation uh, that's like maybe. rejecting the, I guess, Earth wildlife that goes into it? Ooh ooh ooh! What if it's an alien terraforming process? Ooh, what if? Yeah, that would be fun. That would be very fun. Because, like, area... Because you're talking about how Area X is slowly expanding. Yeah. Interesting. If it was, if it was slowly expanding, you'd end up dominating the Earth. This is funny. This just leaves you with so many questions. I'm only thinking about this because I just, I'm currently watching Star Trek Enterprise. <laughs> and that happens in, in a part of it. Except Where like there's, a like, a slow terraforming thing. Well, well, of, like, a region of space. Oh god, can you imagine if we were terraformed and all the humans became animals? Like, trapped in these animal forms? That would be awful. I don't think we'd retain sentience. I think we would just die. I I would like to think so. I think our consciousness would go. But I don't know, because she talks about, like, even that boar in the beginning that she talks about, who has, like, this look of torment on its face. Oh, shit. Yeah, there's sort of an implication that human souls are, like, trapped in these animal forms. Wait, wait. Cece, the tower, what if it's just a recreation of the lighthouse, and the light, the lighthouse keeper, the crawler, is recreating his lighthouse? Okay. So I think that kind of, that kind of tears it that there's, like, something, there's a remnant. I don't understand what you mean. So, like, the crawler is another organism that was created by whatever's going on in Area X, right? Yes. And... The face inside the crawler is the man from the lighthouse. Right. So what if that's the lighthouse keeper? 
Okay. That that seemed to be the implication that he was like somehow trapped in the in the thrall of the crawler or something like that. But what if he wasn't trapped in the thrall of the crawler? What if he was the crawler? He is himself the crawler. Yeah. How and did now, he become the crawler? Through whatever or, like organism or whatever's going on in Area X. Listen, I don't Yo, got the science like... down. <laughs> None of us do. Could, is he maybe like the end stage of what happened to the biologist? She got contaminated by the tower. Because the tower is alive. Which he, they seem to forget like halfway through the book. Because it doesn't really come up anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't know. To be fair, she was like high on shrooms when she had that experience. So maybe, uh, maybe the tower is not alive. When was she high on shoes? There was literally spores in her nose. Uh, okay, I guess in that sense, sure. <laughs> but she spends like the rest of the rest of the book, you know, under the power of the spores and like changing because of those spores. Maybe she was and high so I the guess whole it makes time. Me wonder. Which, which actually would explain why um, the crawler like chewed her up and spat her back out when she encountered it. Yeah. Because no. she is like now part of the tower and its system. Yeah, she's not just quite there yet. <clears throat> Hmm. She's what? She's just not quite there yet. Yeah, yeah. They were like, oh, I recognize you're a part of the system. Um, carry on. You'll get there, kiddo. Yeah. It's okay. You'll grow up. <laughs> Dream big. I mean, mm, maybe that's, like, the ideal form. Maybe it's, like, what happened to the other humans is, like, oh, well, that sucks. But, like, the one person, like, took the correct route that was supposed to. Hmm. Interesting. Because she's, like... We don't really know what the process was for any of the other victims, but we know that she, at least, seems to be strengthened by her encounter with the tower and the spores. Because she's, like, able to heal her bullet wounds, like, she seems to have sort of, like, an extra awareness of everything that's around her. Yeah, she's got superpowers now, which is kind of cool. So I wonder what it is about her that makes her different. Is it the fact that she's, like, so receptive to Area X? Because I think the most interesting thing about this book is the claim that she was changing sides at the end. Hmm. She, like, sort of... She's so enamored by the wildness and the quote-unquote pristine wilderness of Area X that she's like, you know, if Earth reverted to this, it wouldn't be a very bad thing. Yeah. I'm not sure that's how changing sides that is although you're right she is very receptive and open to basically anything like i think area x is definitely her adult equivalent of like her pond when she was a kid oh for sure obviously not more threatening though yeah that's very clear throughout well i mean it's the adult version everything in adulthood is more scary (laughs) so true (laughs) Uh, it's no longer that innocent discovery it's it's mostly hanging on for dear life it's mostly oh shit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god that's so true anyway no, it's, it's a very I, I i think it's a kind of a cool a cool kind of throwback it's like one of the pieces of in this book that i go oh actually this is like a this is a well-written piece of literature it's just kind of freaky yeah i mean scary and well-written are not uh not at all opposites no, ask stephen king i was gonna say ask stephen king peach yeah, well, I stole from you. Ha! <laughs> you just pulled it right out of my mind. That's my literary reference. No, I'm the cultured one. <laughs> anyway, no, I think it's really clear that um, that Area X it, it, and, like, her various ecosystems that she's become obsessed with over the years are, are parallels. I mean, they pull it out really explicitly when it comes to the tide pools that she was uh, doing her field assignment with. But I think it's even 
more resembling the sorts of ecosystems that have always fascinated her, like the one in the pool and the one in the abandoned lot in the city. Yeah, like, absolutely. That sort of that life network springing up where it shouldn't have been, that ecology just spontaneously developing tenaciously, you know what I mean? Yeah, and you know, but I feel like it, it resembles more the one when she was a child because I think she approaches it with almost like a childlike fascination. Like she the whole time is just like doesn't really I feel like she doesn't take a lot of appropriate precautions. She just <laughs> kind of goes headlong into situations that are probably really dangerous. Yeah. And that's to me more resembling like what a child does. Like a child is more likely to <laughs> kind of just leap without thinking in that idea. That's interesting. But I mean we know that she's kind of self-destructive as a person. Because of the way they talked about her experience in the tide pools and how she would just like squander these opportunities in the field and like drink because she's depressed that their opportunities coming to an end but because she's not getting like she's not doing her job the way she's supposed to she can never get a new grant and like I think she's kind of always had she's always been so like enthralled by what she studies that she doesn't care about how she should be studying it she just like needs to answer her questions does that make sense yeah it does hmm so, I don't know, maybe she never kind of... She never progressed past childhood, really. Yeah, that's true. For she whatever reason, she, fear she, of consequences. she never got that idea of, like, of give and take that, you know, eventually everyone has to learn. Yeah. I mean, it, you can tell it's kind of like fighting her, too, because she's... Uh, after her first encounter with the tower, she's like, oh, uh, we should probably uh, wear masks. <laughs> just, <laughs> just a suggestion. <laughs> but, uh... You know, too little, too late. Yeah, exactly. She, like... She's... I think she's intellectually aware of what that means. You know, she she understands the idea, but, like, she gets swept away in her in her work, and she doesn't... It's not, like, instinctual to her. Her first instinct is just to, like, explore, answer her questions, you know, discover... Like, study her what she wants to study without really thinking about the consequences. It's only when she, like, goes back on it and forces her... Uh, you know, considerable intellect to it that she realizes, oh, wait, we need masks, things like that. Yeah, it's true. She gets carried away really easily. Which I think is kind of cool because, like, you have this character who is portrayed as, like, being very kind of, con- I feel like there's, in the early parts at least, she's portrayed as being very controlled, like, everyone's freaking out and she's, like, remaining calm. Yeah, for sure. But there are certain things that she absolutely just, like, goes headlong into without even thinking about it. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, that's true. She's like, can her the way she reacts to the world is 90% controlled, but the other 10% is just like, I gotta know more! <laughs> and she yeah, and like, jumps into and runs into a tower. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, just stupid stuff. I could not imagine myself doing a fraction of the shit that she does in this book. I can't imagine and myself I'm, going I'm a to really curious acts. person, but I'm not a brave person. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very distinct difference. It's two things I know about myself. Curious, I'm curious and not. cowardly. <laughs> uh, th- that's what the two C's stand for, actually. <laughs> that's, that's why they call me CC, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's... hilarious. Anyway. Curious and cowardly. <laughs> oh, it's my daughter, Curious Cowardly. <laughs> Dad's dark secrets out. 
Uh, they thought it was Cecilia. They always said it was Cecilia. <laughs> they lied. Did you never look at your birth certificate or your driver's license? It says Curious and Carly right on there. <laughs> You'd think I'd know since I just changed my name. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think it would have come up, but nah. To be clear, she's not running from anyone. She did just get married. That's that's why. <laughs> I'm a new ago. man. Woman. Jesus. <laughs> 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 oh, God, help me. Anyway, back to the book. <laughs> so... So yeah, and like she definitely does, like pulls a lot of shit that I would not have pulled. Yeah, for like, sure. Like I was reading that book uh, the other night, and I kind of like I I turned on the lights in my room. <laughs> I was not cool with it doing it in the dark. I did not read that book when I was home alone at all. <laughs> I read that book primarily at class. That's bad. Why were you reading in class? Well, like it was like bullshit classes. Oh, okay. Like introduction <laughs> to Chinese and civilization and culture. Uh, well. That's probably not bullshit. It's mostly bullshit. It's like 70% bullshit and 30% oh shit. (laughs) 30% oh shit. Oh man. Anyway. Um, One thing that's really interesting in this book is the use of hypnosis and hypnotic suggestion to control the crew members. Yep, that was pretty cool. It also definitely has precedent in in the government with like experiments like AK... Excuse me. MKUltra. Um and that sort of a thing like definitely there's a history of agencies trying to figure out how to use hypnosis to create like perfect sleeper agents and that sort of a thing so it makes sense that like for something this i guess for lack of a better word alien and dangerous that they would be willing to use hypnosis regardless of sort of the ethical implications yeah, that does it does make sense, and you know that level of control and like, especially if you're getting scientists and not like you know you're not picking military personnel to go on this mission. Yeah, you're getting civilian scientists to do it. I mean, it's, right. uh, it's also like I think it's pretty clear that this is not being run by the military. That's true. It's being run by like some shadowy it's its organization. Own agency. Yeah, and it's interesting because it seems like the world outside doesn't really like it's sort of aware that Area X exists, and they think of it as like oh there was an environmental disaster there, so it's all like cordoned off, it's not safe. Um, but it seems like the world at large is not that curious about it, except for, like, a few conspiracy theorists. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it get, it probably takes on a very similar role to, like, like, um, Area 52. Wait, 51. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I agree. Because, like, you know, I, I don't think about Area 51 at all in, like, my day-to-day. But yeah. I'm sure conspiracy theorists do. Oh, that's very true. Yeah, that's a good, uh, good analog to use. Thanks. That's probably why they called it Area X. Yeah. No, they, it's definitely, like, it's probably something that a lot of people are concerned about, but not everyone. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. Um, but, yeah, so it, I was looking at kind of the science of hypnosis, and it seems like it might work that way. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. um, it seemed, like, pretty extreme. For example, there was the point where the psychologist was about to die, and she, like, yelled annihilation at the biologist. Um, with which the biologist later figures out was an attempt to induce suicide and the only reason it didn't work is because she was inoculated with the spores which somehow made her resistant to hypnotic suggestion which is another thing that's never really explained like why the spores make her resistant but I guess it's a part of our sort of heightened awareness it's like the first way it was shown so I think that the biologist's resistance uh, again kind of fits into the idea that she sort of is absorbed into whatever she's studying. I mean, obviously, she's got the spores that, like, physically makes her resistant, 
but um it just seems like a common theme throughout the book that like every time she's studying something she just melts into it she doesn't actually like remain autonomous she becomes more part of her environment than she is an autonomous person do you know what i mean so you mean like it's only it's kind of conditional and based on like what she's doing like if she like has something to study she because like we've seen that uh hypnosis was definitely effective against her yeah it worked like yeah she wasn't immune to hypnosis period because like she talked about how like large sections of their training she's just forgotten yeah and like crossing the border and everything exactly these are times hypnosis just worked But, so it's interesting because hypnosis, you need to be sort of inclined to be hypnotized. Like, you need to be sort of a willing participant. You can't sort of force somebody to do or see something against their will, usually, with hypnosis, as far as we know. Granted, like, studies have been kind of limited by, you know, ethical problems. Like, you can't (laughs) be like, let's see if we hypnotize 20 people to kill their husbands. (laughs) Right, how does that that go? That's not actually going to be an experiment we can perform. But the general wisdom is that you can't hypnotize somebody to do something they don't want to do. So I wonder if it's almost not so much a biological uh, impact of the spore contamination, but because she, like, no longer wants to be worked against Area X subconsciously. Okay. Sort of unwilling to submit to the psychologist right the psychologist is like kind of trying trying to get her to fight back against area x and she doesn't want to and that's why the psychologist says she turned or she changed yeah okay i could buy yeah. that yeah so Making have you ever seen hip- hypnotism performed hip- i have it's hip- really wait. creepy i i think i messed up the noun there but yeah it's super creepy yeah it's really weird one of my uh my next door neighbor freshman year got hypnotized at uh like an event. A good amount of my uh, my senior class at high, in high school got hypnotized. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, it's really uncanny. It's and it's weird because like people that I know like wouldn't be messing around with like wouldn't be like joking about it. Yeah, not fakers. Yeah. Like we're one hundred percent serious. Like uh, yeah, uh, what did I do? I don't remember. It's so scary. And like I you showed them a video and they're like, "What the hell?" <laughs> I both want to be hypnotized and never, ever, ever want to be hypnotized. Well, because, see, that's that's the thing that's so scary to me about uh, books like Sphere and books like uh, Annihilation. Like, to me, you know, my brain is, like, the one thing I can kind of rely on. Yeah, that's like, true. I, I, it's the I'm, one thing you got. I'm moderately intelligent, but, like, even then, like, everything... <laughs> I, like, but, like, in it's every so situation... <laughs> what? That's so qualified. I'm like, it was so... I'm okay. I am of average intelligence, but like in <laughs> any situation, so I'm not saying like my brain will get me out of any situation or, or anything like that. It's like I am, pr- but I I am like you know I I am I'm saying I'm like nothing you know unique or anything. Yes, yes, yes. But I like, see what you're saying. Agreed. In any situation I find <laughs> myself in, whether it's like you know, good or bad, like whether no matter what's going on, if I'm like stuck somewhere or whatever's happening, I will always have my brain to rely on. That's true. Yeah. And anything that takes away that asset freaks me out yeah it's scary the same way dementia is scary you know yeah like it's like i have a, I have a pretty good memory too and like i don't like the idea of not remembering things that happened to me yeah no absolutely it's just the idea that like your your mind which is like the most you thing there is right and and like the, one said, the one resource everyone you always has have. yeah that's true everyone sort of has that um 
it's the idea of that being vulnerable, especially in a dangerous situation where you can't even trust your own mind. That's it's so deeply frightening, almost like repulsive to think about. Yeah, no, it's definitely not a thing I, I like to imagine a lot. So I got a good biologist kudos for throwing off the shackles of hypnosis. Yeah, and um, good job, biologist. It's terrifying. Yes, not quite. Not terrifying is the weird noise I just heard against my door outside, though. <sighs> On your deck? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it happens sometimes because the wind gets kicked back against it, and so like if there's like rain, heavy raindrops or if there's like hail or anything, I hear them pattering on the door, and it's super freaky all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst. Um. Anyway. Uh, so hypnotism, no bueno. <laughs> We're not pro hypnotism. It's fine as like a sideshow, but if somebody was gonna hypnotize me before throwing me into a situation like Ariax, I'd be pretty mad. But again, I, I mean, they all submitted to it. It was just part of the deal. Yeah, they were told, like, it was necessary. What I'm curious about is why anybody other than the biologist went to Ariax. Like, I get why she went. Nobody else do I understand their motives. Just sheer scientific curiosity, I guess. Well, in the second one, I can understand the, uh, the psychology. Like, from you told me about the first, you know, a couple pages of the second book. Yeah. I can understand the psychologist. No, that's true. Um. But you're right, like, the surveyor had no business being in there. The anthropologist seemed really freaked out by the whole thing. Like, the whole what, time. Why did she volunteer? Like, you know, when they were walking in, mm-hmm. like, nothing had happened yet that they weren't told was going to happen, and she, she was still freaking out. Like, that's... She did not seem like the ideal candidate for Ariax. No, not at all. And I guess it's interesting because the biologist talks about her husband having these dreams of, like, floating over pristine wilderness that, like, made him sort of crave that and that's why he signed up for the area x expedition so it seems almost like he was kind of called to it well didn't they mention at one point that he was like hypnotized beforehand what do you mean i'm almost certain at one point they talked about how like he had actually been hypnotized like well in advance like they had found him oh oh oh, oh, yeah because she's like planted those dreams i hadn't realized oh do you think so do you think that uh southern reach did it yeah no i could when they mentioned that maybe they know they did she did say at one point she's like oh it hadn't even it hadn't even occurred to me that like even then he was under hypnotic influence but yeah i don't know i had it it hadn't occurred to me that it was southern reach calling him to the job and not area x itself well it depends like how shady is you know how shady are we willing to say that uh uh, southern reaches southern reach seems pretty shady yeah, it seems like real shady. But I think that their intentions are still to investigate Area X. Like, I don't think that they have a secret motive. At least I don't have any reason to believe that yet. So being controlled by Area X. Ooh. <laughs> uh, Area it's getting X real needs freaky. victims. That's the other oh. thing we haven't even touched on is, like, the hundreds of people who came before when they thought it was, like, dozens. Yeah, seriously, how are they hiding that? I know, right? This is another Ender's Game situation where I'm like, but nobody noticed. <laughs> the internet's still a thing, guys. Right? Conspiracy would... theorists would have definitely dug this shit up. Wait, what does satellite images show of the area? <gasps> Peach, I have no idea. Hopefully, they're not talking about that, this at all. No, yeah, they don't. I wonder. Like, I wonder I if it's just fog, because they talk about like the foggy border. That's what I would think. Maybe. That seems like a do. That seems like a cop out. Oh, look at what happens if you try to like drop somebody by parachute into it. 
That's another good question. Hmm. Why aren't they answering our questions? Come on, Jeb Vandermeer. What are you hiding? <laughs> Show us your secrets. <laughs> I don't know. I, I Maybe we'll find out as we keep reading. Maybe. We'll have to decide later on if we if there's like a need to do a follow-up episode or anything. You let me know. I refuse to read it unless I have to. <laughs> oh, man. It's such a long series for not having any answers. It's not even yeah, a no. long series. It just feels long. That's why I like, like Sphere. It was like one book. It was all insular. Like, all right, I got my answers at the end. Cool, cool. We're all good. This is not. <laughs> we talk about Sphere a lot. We should really cover that soon. <laughs> <laughs> it comes up a lot. It's really It's, really it's like one book. of, I feel like it's one of Michael Crane's least known books, too. Also probably like one of his best. One of his best, for sure. I love if that book. If not, quite possibly his best. Me. That was another one that I didn't like reading when I was alone in the house. Yeah, but at least it was like, you got to an end relatively quickly. As opposed <laughs> to this other It race. was a brief, miserable ride. <laughs> yeah, like... Anyway. Not a drawn-out trilogy. <laughs> Moving on. We don't Just... do well with being scared, listeners. <laughs> we're, we're babies. <laughs> For us both being adults, we're not very brave. <laughs> not at all. You're in the military, for God's sake. <laughs> uh, not quite. I'm in fake military. You're just sort of in the military a little bit. You're a little mm. bit in. I'm like my toes in, in the military pool. <laughs> you dipped your toe in the pond. <laughs> anyway. No, not that pond. That pond was gross. It was which, a grody pond. Which pond? I'm thinking of, uh, what's her name's pond? The biologist pond? pond? To bring it all back. She doesn't have a name, Peter. <laughs> she has a name. Quote. All right, let's be clear. She has a name. We just don't know it. We don't know it. We don't know anyone's name. There's a great quote in the uh, in the book about how um, the psychologist had like a picture with her that had a name written on it, and the biologist was like really freaked out by it. She was like, "I haven't heard a name in months." She said, "Sacrifices don't need names." Oh, <laughs> that's freaky. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that line. Right? Yeah. No, because I mean, she had this like I guess probably right. Uh, interpretation of what was going on basically like all these hundreds and hundreds of people were being thrown at this area and basically didn't seem like anybody really was coming back I mean even the psychologist kind of confirms that she's like not for a long time has anyone like really come back from area X yeah I at first I kind of took that as a uh, as like a mental thing like no one's like ever mentally come back from area X but I wonder yeah, I guess that's true. But, I mean, you could say that and have that apply to, like, the doppelgangers, and it's still true. Because as far as we can tell, it seems like everybody's kind of died in Area X, and, and doppelgangers have gone back well, and, they like, pretended to be them. They said the first couple expeditions were, like, the people came back and they're like, yeah, nothing happened. Yeah, the first expedition. The second like, expedition th- was the one where everyone killed themselves, wasn't it? Possibly. Yeah, things things were bad pretty quickly. So maybe that was her point. She's like, not since the first expedition has anyone really returned. Yeah. Now, if they if they returned at all, they they returned as like not like they returned as like mentally broken. You would just think that the Southern Reach would try a new approach at this point. Instead <laughs> of just feeding just small teams into it, it. not helping. Yeah. Well, they are, they are, are trying learning? different approaches. They're sending like different. Uh, different compositions of like you know what it is it's because that one was all men that was the problem <laughs> we'll send well, no, like, this time it'll be it, fine uh, i'm serious um think about the fallout video game series and like the vaults or do you know the premise though i assume it has something to do with nuclear fallout there were it, yeah good job um <laughs> there also has to do with like vaults and like these vaults that were like experiments that were done 
and they took like different compositions of people and like did different things. They were all like soci- sociological or psychological experiments. Okay. Um, some of them are pretty fucked up, and some of them were pretty interesting. Um, some of them just like control groups. But anyway, uh, like, but they reminds me of that because like it's all different compositions of groups and like different circumstances and like different probably different briefings. So like what they I think what Southern Reach was trying to do is like come up with the ideal composi- composition of team. Maybe. Because if the idea is that they, the Southern Reach is under the impression that people come back psychologically damaged, I can see why, like, the composition of the team would have an impact on that. Yeah, if they're not willing to accept that these are doppelgangers... Like, but why would they though, even think of doppelgangers? Exactly. Why would they think it's not them? They just came back with... I was reading... So I read a... Uh, since I read that book over a pretty drawn-out period of time, I read a, a, a summary of it again. Mm-hmm. And they talked about how the doppelgangers actually died of cancer. Yes. Which I've forgotten. Yes. So, you know, that's... They could assume that something happened in Area X that gave them cancer. Like, that's not an unrealistic jump. Yeah. You know what that just reminded me of, though? Hmm? The Spartan program in Halo. <laughs> okay, Isn't how so? I'm, like, I'm on board, but, like, how so? <laughs> Isn't that basically what they did? They would, replace, they would, like, kidnap kids and then replace them with, like, shitty clones that died soon after. Oh, yeah. Actually, that's exactly what they did. They replaced them with Flash clones that died soon after. Yeah, that's what it seems like. Flash clones. Well, shit. Nothing else sad. That's just where I'm Wait, no. And here's here's a small. So maybe they died of cancer because they drew they grew this like whatever is area X, organism X created these clones right, and they had to grow them fast. Yeah. And you know what cancer is? Fast growing cells, baby. Yeah. Oh shit. Oh shit. And that's why they said it was like systemic cancer. Oh, Peter, that's so smart. You're right. Yeah. Go, go me. A plus. Go, go, go yeah, boom. A minus. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that big of a leap. <laughs> good job. But not that good a job. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. One thing I want to talk about is, like, what do you think the nature of the organism is? Cause, like, In what they sense? talk. So, like, like, is it the... intelligent? Is it alien? Is it... Oh, I didn't think about that. Is it intelligent? I... Don't know. It could not be. Damn it, CC. I, I'm sorry. I don't have the answers. I've only read 30 pages of the new book. Um, it seems it it could be, or it could not be. Because I mean, even you're right. I those was, are the two options. <laughs> Good job. You cracked it. We've narrowed <laughs> it down to two possibilities. <laughs> True or false. God, you're a genius. <laughs> Oh my god. Anyway, uh, I could see it either way, is my point. Because I'm almost inclined to say no, just because I think that would be more interesting. If it wasn't intelligent? Yeah, because you know me and viruses, right? (laughs) You love your viruses. I'm obsessed with the fact that they're, like, they don't qualify as quote-unquote life, and yet they have so much power over us, and they're so destructive just because they have, like, this automated system of propagation yeah and i think that's so fascinating like they don't even really appreciate it because they're not quote-unquote alive they just keep making more of themselves at our cost and i don't know it'd be interesting if area x was some sort of planetary virus in that sense maybe coming to infect the planet to you know not necessarily to make more of itself but just no i'm i'm here to connect this back to ender's game (laughs) (laughs) go on Descalada. 
Oh, shit. I haven't read those books in years, though. I sort of remember Descalada. So, alright, guys, we haven't covered this one yet, but Descalada was a virus in the, Enders- in the Enderverse uh, that some sort of alien species used to infect planets, basically, and terraform them for oh, them. Oh, that's right. That's how that worked. I forgot about that. So okay. they would send a Descalada to, like, a bunch of different planets and seed ships, and it would infect the planet, completely destroy the the, eco- the uh, ecosystem until it got to, like, what it, what it needed, basically, and then it would create the perfect environment for its makers. So... What if, like, Area X is is not alive and is... We talked about the terraforming earlier. What if that's what it is? It could be alien in origin. terraform. Exactly. That's interesting. You terraform already biologically kind of flourishing planets, but it's not your biology. I mean, the one thing I would say about that is that... biologically area x seems like earth right like it's got a lot of earth wildlife that it's like easy to identify the only thing that's really anomalous about its biology is like these cell samples where it's like oh that rat's a rat but that fox has human cells like why right so So it seems like the way it it treats humans is the main way that it changes the ecosystem is it possible that it was designed to eradicate intelligent life possibly is possible for sure Hmm. and i mean almost because it almost fits because um the nature of the writing is like fruiting bodies of a fungus so maybe it's meant to infect people that way right yeah so i I was actually going to talk about the biological nature of whatever it is and like i'm wondering see i do see ways it could be like a homegrown thing except for the whole barrier thing i don't really know where the barrier is coming from right but, like, there are funguses that, you know, can control and disrupt neurological function in animals. Definitely, yeah. And, you know, I don't see a reason why uh, some sort of fungus couldn't exist that also did to humans. Agreed. Other than, like, a neurological complexity, there isn't really a whole lot of... There isn't a whole lot holding them back other than evolution. So, like, with the exception of the bear, and also, like, is the... Like, I got this weird feeling that maybe the barrier doesn't exist. You mean that the barrier is like a fiction created by the military? Or the Southern Reach? Yeah, please, Southern Reach. <laughs> Excuse you. <laughs> uh, you no, don't seem to be happy about what this says about the military. <laughs> uh, no, it's not what it says. It's what you say. This is all CC created. <laughs> you're right, you're right. Um, no, but I mean, they do talk about having like barricades and stuff and like shoot on site for people that approach the border who aren't supposed to be there in the okay, second book so yeah so my oh really oh hmm. um <laughs> so like my thought with that, that is though like <laughs> they, they they never say anything physical about the border just that it's foggy yeah and like but what, it's also you're hypnotized when you go through it so what what do you even really know about it exactly you're just told there's a border and you're told the only safe way to go through it is under hypnosis unless you're the psychologist apparently Here's a question. Where is Area X? I assume it's in a southern peninsula somewhere. Um, I had always, for some reason, I was always picturing it being in, like, South America. But at some point, I'm like, no, I think it might be in the U.S. <laughs> I think how it's handled is probably in the U.S. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I think just, for some reason, South America, always thought it was in South America. I think if it was in South America, it would be more like a legend. Like, people would, like, talk about it. No one would, like, actually do anything with it. Like, yeah, I think maybe. It would be, like, I don't know. 
Or maybe I it wouldn't... Hmm, I don't know. I was going to say maybe it wouldn't be an American agency, but we don't know that the Southern Reach is an American agency. I do get the feeling that it is. Seems, seems American. It runs itself like Cold War CIA. Yeah, no, it totally does. Hypnosis and... You know... Lies on lies on lies. Yeah. Obscurity. Oh, yeah. Exactly. But, like, so, like, I don't know, maybe the barrier doesn't exist maybe like it's all fictitious maybe it's just like this is a really this is a, there's some sort of infection here that they're trying to control they got it cordoned off which would explain the, the barricades and the shoot on site orders it's a quarantine yeah for sure so i don't know hmm curious i like the idea of terraforming i do that it just sort of like wipes out the intelligent life it's it, you it know makes, what you know what it's terraforming from like a an alien race with very confused ethics. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't want to kill the life that's there. I just don't want it to bother me. <laughs> I just don't want to talk to it. <laughs> we'll just shrink it down, take it down a few pegs. That's fine. An alien race with very confused ethics. <laughs> that's what's going on. They're trying to find themselves, Uzi. Don't judge. <laughs> They're doing the best they can. Okay. <laughs> did they kill humans no they just turned them into pigs and, and dolphins and shit is that really the end of the world you know <laughs> it's mvd uh, yeah i do oh, i'm it's... dying to know why the biologist wasn't changed i just i know i keep coming back to this i just gotta know that's why we keep reading i mean you talked about how it might be her openness to it i yeah. think it might just be like a biological like i think some people I think different people react different ways, and whether it's like it could be something as simple as blood type. Well, but then why is she the first of hundreds? Well, she's not necessarily the first of hundreds. Seems to be the first. Of hundreds. We don't know that she's not going to turn into like the crawler, or the creeper, oh. or whatever it's called. The crawler. The crawler. crawler. We don't know that she's not going to turn into the crawler. We don't know that she's not going to you know. Crawler two point We don't know there's not an island of people like her in that water that her husband ended up going to. That's true. Like you know, oh that'd be so weird actually. Ooh. <laughs> God knew what happened to her. Um, I'm reading summaries. I refuse to read these books. <laughs> they freak me out too much. Um. Anyway, I'm telling you, the second book's not creepy in the first 39 pages. But the point yeah, well, is... Get back to me. <laughs> the point is that... Um, uh, what was my point? My point was that I think what's really interesting is the way she maintains the scientist's mind even in moments of like total overwhelming crisis like when she's being like quote-unquote devoured by the crawler she's still sitting there being like oh it's exhibiting mimicry it's like throwing my own like ideas about it back at me that's how it's like confusing me and all that shit and it's like it the idea that she's like oh it's it's mimicry like she's assigning like normal biological behaviors to this like insane creature that she her mind literally can't even grasp it's it's interesting. That is interesting, and I feel like it kind of indicates how she's a scientist through and through. Like, to her bone, she's a scientist. Yeah, she's more a scientist than she is anything else. Yeah, like, I, I think she's more scientist as she is, like, human, if that makes sense. Like, no, I agree. I almost said that, too. I honestly think she, like, she shows, like, sociopathic tendencies and is just... I don't think so. Yes, ...choosing I- a better direction for that energy. I get, I totally get where you're coming from, but I think she has too much empathy to really be a sociopath because she doesn't have a lot of empathy, but she has, she has enough empathy. empathy. That's not true because when she found the anthropologist, she was really shook by it. I think she has learned empathy. 
I think she knows she should be shook by it. But I also think, like, it was surprising. I don't think it was empathy. I think it was like, oh, that's a new... That, that was surprising. Maybe. I don't know. She's definitely not as emotional as your standard person. No, she's she's entirely emotionally detached, at the very least. Yeah, she's much more analytical than she is emotional. Hmm. Interesting. But anyway. On that note... I, uh, I don't know. I, I, that's all I have to talk about. How about you, Cece? I'm pretty sure I've, uh, I'm covered. All right. So you're covered. So we're good. So I guess, uh, ending stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's ending. Time. Real smooth transition. Yeah. On I, that note of emotional detachment is what you opened this up with. Well, I mean, you know, like, let's, let's, let's leave the, 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 our dear, dear listeners with something interesting to kind of just chew on for the, chew, chew on that, the chew two to that. three weeks till our next episode is released. Uh, less than two weeks now. Well, let's talk about that. Okay. So we decided that this whole first and 15th release schedule is a little weird and we don't want to keep doing it. <laughs> <So> <laughs> we're going to bi-weekly, uh, like literally bi-weekly, not semi-monthly is what we've been doing yeah um, so <clears throat> i think we said we were gonna release every other monday yes so um the next one we're gonna do will be on the 12th so that's slightly less than two weeks from the release of this episode uh we feel like we owe you guys that much after <laughs> being late on the last one so <laughs> true enough so we're gonna be covering uh, the first three books of the babaverse I mean, it's a whole trilogy, but he just right. made more about it. It's All right, so, like, the, the Babaverse trilogy, and also there might be more, and we'll definitely be covering this later, because it's so, so good. It's so good. Uh, trilogy, it's our first trilogy, so it might be intimidating for you guys if you want to read it, but it's so crushable. Like, what's interesting about... It's the most One of the interesting crushable. things about Annihilation is that, like, even though it's a short book, it's less than 200 pages, it felt like it took me forever to read, A, because it was scary, and B, because the prose was so rich. Um, yeah, it's also, like, way, densely written yeah beautiful writing but the point is um these books are so easy to read the bombaverse books it's especially if you're interested in like exploration and colonization of space that's kind of what the whole series is about it's fascinating and funny and great and you guys should totally read it um so yeah we're gonna do the trilogy we both listen to it on audible but there are physical books as well so whatever your preferred medium is Yep, um, they are, uh, you know, just give you a little, cool, cool. teeth in there. They're, basically, they're about von Neumann probes and the end of, or end quote of humanity. So, um. Yeah, von Neumann I, probes. Y'all know what that is, right? Yeah, you know, von Neumann probes, right? <laughs> I can't Did you know what von those Neumann were probes. before you read the book? Yeah, actually. Oh, I didn't. But yeah, you're more well, of a space nerd than me. I'm more of a space nerd than you. Yeah. Uh, so, like, they're very cool. Uh, so, if you guys want to, you know, go and re- uh, just grab those books, uh, uh, they're on Kindle. They're on Audible. They're All on, of the forms. I think, I think they have published paper copies books. on now. Yeah, they do. Well, it's, see, it, 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 they have a deal with uh, Kindle and Audible where they have to wait four months. The author has to wait four months before he can uh, publish it in paper. But it's been more than four months, I think, for all of them. So we should I, be I wasn't sure. Okay, cool. So anyway, <clears throat> those are great books. Um, so I highly suggest getting them. We're super uh, excited to cover them. Yeah, we, so. we've been excited to cover them like since we read them. I think around Christmas, actually. I think the first one I, I read it was around Christmas. Yeah, that was, we were literally like, okay, next one we can do. <laughs> yeah. Add it to the list. We wanted to do 
Annihilation now because of the movie coming out. And by the way, I do not know how they're making a movie out of this. It, it seems like the least adaptable book I've ever read. It seems the least adaptable because like it's oh, it's so, so introspective. It, it, like I, it's got to be a self narration the whole time while she just does shit. Maybe. Anyway, we're we're done with that. So yeah, uh, <laughs> leaving it behind us. The Bobbleverse, yeah. It'll be good. I hope you guys enjoy it. Okay. Yeah, we're very excited. So our plugs, I guess. Uh, so uh, for for those of you that are listening to both this and uh, the universe and you, I apologize for the huge delay. I just have had so much schoolwork piling up. It's been a nightmare trying to keep up with everything. So uh, obviously, schoolwork has to come first in the end for podcasting. So unless you guys want to start paying us. <laughs> <laughs> all, all three of you. <laughs> it's more than that now. We're growing. You're right. Seven. <laughs> We've gone from three to seven. Um, I just, yeah. That's a hundred percent increase. More than. Hundred thirty-three percent. Okay. So yeah. Uh, so I apologize for that. I have spring break coming up, so I'll, I'll try to do like a, a multiple episodes and just get some of that backlog moved out because um, you guys deserve it. Uh, especially because it's more popular than this show. Shut up. And like a third the effort. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's something you're gonna. Matt, you just sound to. like a jerk. <laughs> uh, oh, I am a jerk. Oh, that's true. So if you want to try to get in touch with us, uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash signifying nothing. Uh, network. Sh- I forget. Is it network? I think it's signifying nothing network. Okay. Or, you or can signifying just nothing. Search on Facebook. Yeah, maybe. Uh, or um, facebook.com forward slash sci-fi sidebar. Uh, we're all CC. Uh, you can find us on signifyingnothingnetwork.com or signifyingnothingnetwork.com slash sci-fi sidebar. Uh, if you have ideas for episode suggestions or anything like that, you can write in our forums or email us at Peter. <laughs> uh, so we've got, I think it's SS at signifyingnothingnetwork.com. <laughs> um, hold up. Let me go ahead and double check. How don't you know that? <laughs> I don't know so- it, but I didn't set it up. <laughs> Wait, what? I said I didn't know it, but I didn't set it up either. So it's I'm gonna uh, judge it you. Is, so it's sci-fi sidebar at com or snn at signifyingnothingnetwork.com. There you go. So those are email accounts. Um, they are up and running. Uh, they're on my phone, so I'll even like probably answer. It'll look like a text, which would be pretty cool for you guys. It'll be like texting what? me, but not. What are you doing? Stop it. we would love to hear from you guys uh, about episode suggestions or feedback or anything of the sort and we would be eternally grateful if you would review uh, and subscribe and get your friends to subscribe and share us and just uh, you know support us I guess just be cool guys (laughs) shout out to the three people that have made accounts on our website no no posts yet (laughs) what no posts yet no post yet, but like I get notifications for it, so I get emails for it, and I, it, you know, what, it, like whatever the reason is, because I can't imagine there's a good one. I appreciate <laughs> that. It makes us feel so popular. It makes it makes me chuckle. <laughs> I got an email yesterday when I was in Aldi's. Got a got a, the new sign up. It was, it was nice. It's uplifting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah as right. as our reviews, we've had a couple of reviews, and we're super grateful for those. So yeah, yeah keep absolutely. it coming. All right, so I feel like our a... plug section has gone too long now. Wait, what? I feel like our plug section has gone too long now, so let's yeah, wrap it up, That's always a third of our episode. But, uh, we will but... see you in 12 days. Yeah, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. This has been um, Sci-Fi Sidebar by the Signifying Nothing Network. A tale told by idiots. Have a good couple weeks, guys. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>